Thank you for listening to the podcast of Palmetto Baptist Church. We pray that as you listen to the following message, that it will encourage you to continue to connect, grow, and serve in your relationship with God and with others. It is, it is a great honor to be here this morning and just to be able to, uh, to be, able to uh, be part of uh, Palmetto Baptist Church's family. And I can honestly say that I've been well, our family has been welcomed uh, gracefully and just, uh, we just feel like part of, part of the family here. And uh, from uh, just embracing uh, our, our family, um, my wonderful wife, Brooke, who's the behind the scenes, she, uh, she does it all. And uh, you got a chance to meet Matthew and, and Mary. If, you, if, you ha- if she hasn't torn the other side of the building down, you know, we're, we're doing good, but she's, uh, she's kind of the boss right now. But uh, we're so blessed to be here. And uh, what a wonderful group of students uh, Palmetto Baptist Church has. And uh, that's, a, uh, that's just an echo of, of leadership at home. It's a leadership uh, here uh, as your student uh, ministry leaders and your senior pastor. And I just, uh, uh, just want to take a brief moment. Let's give, uh, let's give honor. I, I, I don't believe in, in worshiping man, but I do believe in giving honor. Uh, to those uh, men and women who serve faithfully. So if you love your student pastor and your senior pastor, let's just give a round of applause here. I've, I've had a chance to, um, uh, to be around Pastor Jimmy and uh, just, a, just a wonderful, wonderful man. And uh, just you're, you're blessed to have Pastor Jimmy and uh, uh, Miss Amanda and, and uh, just what... What they mean to this community, and I didn't know that you that you could sing. Uh, I mean, that's uh, that's awesome. Brooke lets me sing in two places, on a hill far away and in the garden alone, and that's it. Uh, so I'm not going to sing this morning. That's 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 all. Uh, you know, uh, that's that's it. So <laughs> so um, you're blessed to have a preacher who can sing. Um, again, this morning we are so. So blessed to be able to be a part uh, of this service this morning and to be able to brag on, on Jesus. Uh, it's not about anything that, that man has done this weekend. It's all about what Jesus has done in the lives of, of people. And this whole theme has been called Renew. And, you know, I don't know if, if uh, where, where you are this morning, where you've been this week, where you've been in this season of life, but there's, there's a season uh, that, that we all go through and like um, uh, Pastor Jimmy brought to the children, I think it's a lesson that we can all learn from, is that there's a season where we all need to be renewed. Those of us who have been redeemed, uh, praise the Lord for that. Uh, we're not the same person that we used to be. Amen? But there's seasons in our life where we need to be renewed. And uh, this weekend has been all about learning what that means. And this morning, if there's... Um, if I had a life message, if it was my, the last uh, message that I was able to preach, it would be this message. Because what it is, it's about bringing life to the lifeless. It's about bringing renewed life into that which has been stagnant. And to just so that you know what the word renew means, if you look it up in Webster's Dictionary, it says to make something new, to make something fresh, to make strong again to make promise, to make a vow, to begin, with, to begin again with enthusiasm 
and with, with force, with motivation to restore freshness. And, you know, this weekend, that's what this, uh, this whole Renew uh, you know, session with, with the students was all about. So what I want to do is kind of package that into uh, to this morning's message. And, and hopefully, if there's someone here this morning that maybe has gone through a season of, um, of stagnation, then maybe there's a breath of fresh air that can come your way this morning through, through the Holy Spirit. You know, this morning as we, as we look at the, um, um, the, just the whole theme of Renew, uh, there's, there's a, um, a, a topic, a kind of a, a, a subject called the, the doldrums. Some of you may have heard of what, uh, what doldrums uh, are, but I'm going to explain it to you just briefly. And um, there's a place between the uh, northern hemisphere and the southern hemisphere and if you're, if you're kind of a meteorology guru, you know that uh, they, they kind of work in different places. And uh, there's a little fine line called the intertropical convergence zone. I know that sounds kind of, kind of very scientific. I don't know anything about that. I just read about it, okay? So don't think, don't think about that. But, but what happens is, is there's, this, there's this thin line of stagnation, of, of air, of basically it's, 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 it's dull, it's lifeless. And before... Uh, we knew exactly about it before we had the technology. Sailors would go into this area, and they couldn't get out. They would take their ships, and they would get into this zone, and they would basically, they would, they would die. The, the, the winds would be going in different directions, and they couldn't get out. And that's kind of what the doldrums is all about. Have you ever been in a place in your life where, where you feel like you just can't get out? The winds are moving one way. The winds are moving the other, and you're stuck right in the middle, and you just, you're, you're lifeless. You're, you're exhausted. Maybe you're discouraged. Maybe you're depressed. And maybe you don't know why. And we're going to talk about that for just a few minutes. Um, in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19, and it's, I think it's going to be up on the screen, but uh, it says, This day I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death. Blessings and curses. Now this day, choose life. This morning, life is, is, is about choices. Blessings and curses. Death and life. And my, my goal this morning is that you leave here and you choose life. You choose a renewed life. A, a fresh, you know, a, just a, a breath of fresh air for you this morning. But here's the description really quickly. If you're stuck in the doldrums, just kind of give you an idea. First of all, as you begin to, you begin to drift by faking it. If you're, if you're a note taker, you're going to be able to ta- uh, kind of fill in the blanks. And, and I'm going to try to go as quickly as possible because I know our time's uh, going to get away from us. But you begin to fake it. You ever been to a place in your, in your life to where you, uh, you don't have it all together, but you've got to put the face on? It's like somebody asks you, hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm fine. Everything's good. And Maybe even this morning coming to church, you're trying to get the kids together. You had war in the car on the way to church. You know, you're, you're running late and, and uh, you know, your son or daughter's not cooperating. And you're just, rah, 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 and you open the door and, and there's, there's sister so-and-so says, how you doing this? Well, I'm just praise the Lord, doing great. Praise the Lord. Anybody ever done that before? Uh-huh, amen. Thank you for being honest. We all have, we all have done that, but, but we go through life and we fake it. And that's, that's kind of the, be, the beginning of that is that we're, that we're not transparent. We, we, we need to admit that we don't have it all together. 
that, that life throws us curveballs and we don't have it all together. And then, as we, as we kind of go into that next, next season, we, it's like, it's like uh, being at, uh, in, the, in the Gulf or in the ocean on a float. Have you ever just had a lazy day and you, and you sit back and you're on a float and you kind of close your eyes and, and one minute turns into 20 and you look and you wake up and all of a sudden you're nowhere near you, you thought you were and you begin to drift. And sometimes in life we're like that. We, you know, we, we kind of go through the motions and you, you find out, how in the world did I get here? Then you become blinded, you know, from reality. You know, when, when that happens, other people see it, but we don't. And say, hey, you know, you look tired. You, you, you look troubled. You look discouraged. Oh, no, 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 I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm fine. Other people begin to see it, but you become numb to reality. And then the next stage is you begin to have uh, the risk of sinful choices begin to increase. What used to become stability becomes, you know, out of, out of order. Your life becomes out of order. And you begin to start making choices on emotion rather than on your foundational core values. The next one is my emotions are inconsistent. And again, it goes against your, uh, your fa- uh, foundational core beliefs and you end up empty inside. Am I speaking to anyone this morning? Have you ever felt empty inside? You, there's, there has to be something more to this life than just this. And then finally, the doldrums begin to smother you, and you eventually get to the point where you just, where you just give up. Just like, you know, the sailors, they, they came to a place to where they, you know, where they just couldn't get out of that, uh, of that place called the doldrums. It's like trying to fight against a rip current. You, you, you know, you paddle, you paddle, and you paddle, and you, you get exhausted, and, and eventually you give up. So how do we get here? How do we get here? If we're, if we're honest with ourselves, we all have probably been here before. But how does that happen? And this weekend, we discussed with our students about three, about three attacks that the enemy uses in our lives over the course of, uh, over the course of time. And it, and it starts uh, all the way back into the garden. The spirit of Mammon, the spirit of Baal, and the spirit of Asherah. And we're going to talk about those in just a minute, but... Uh, the big three that, that the enemy uses to attack us when we're, uh, when we're unstable. And the first one is the, uh, the spirit of mammon. Uh, this is the, the little G, the little God, uh, of, of possessions and riches. Now, in, um, uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 14 and 15, it says, Do not follow other gods, the gods of the people around you, for the Lord your God, who is among you, is a jealous God. And in Deuteronomy 11, uh, chapter 11, verse 16, it says, Be careful, or, I will, or you will be enticed to turn away and worship other little gods, little g-gods, and bow down to them. Now, what do those look like? And, and that's what we're going to unpack for just a moment. Mammon attacks us in our, in our possessions and our riches. And what that means is, is that, that money has either the, uh, the Spirit of God or the spirit of the world, it's, we've, we either take the spirit of, of stewardship, and that's to give freely to understand that nothing on this earth is ours, that it's loaned to us, that it's all going to burn, it's all going to go away. Even your house, you may be owners on paper, but you're just stewards. And parents, 
Even though you think you're owners of your children, you're stewards. God has given you the privilege to be, to be um, stewards over your children and do the very best job that you can. But when we understand stewardship versus ownership, we begin to, to, to kind of break free from that spirit of mammon. The next one is the spirit of Baal, and it attacks us in our, in our pride. It's, it's self-power. It's, it, it attacks us in our, in our professions, in, our, in the things that we, that we strive to do. And, and if we don't have proper balance, and we put our professions, our careers, our, our, our recognition, self-recognition above our relationship with God, then the spirit of Baal becomes to attack us. And it's, and it's self-power and pride. And then the final one is, is the spirit of Asher, and it, and it attacks us during, during, uh, during times of, of pleasure. It's, it's a physical pleasure uh, to our body. And I want to show you real quickly, in uh, Genesis chapter 3, verse 6, it's when, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some of it and ate of it. And she also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he also ate it. Did you notice the three there, the big three? Good for food? That's the spirit of Asherah. Makes the body happy. Pleasing to the eye, which is mammon. I want that. I've got to have that. And then the final one, desirable for gaining wisdom, the power of knowledge to increase your stature, The the, the, the power of Baal. That's not the only place we find it in Scripture. We find it uh, in, in Matthew chapter 4 when, when Jesus is, uh, is on, uh, on the mountain and, and he's fasting for, you know, for 40 days and the enemy comes, the tempter comes. And, and Scripture says the tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. And Jesus answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes uh, from the mouth of God. The devil took him up to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. And again, the devil took him to a high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All of this I will give to you if you would just bow down and worship me. And Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. See, the enemy uses tell these stones to become bread. It's the spirit of Asherah. The holy city, throw yourself down, boast and brag about your self-accomplishments. You're the the man, basically, is what he's saying. And you let everybody know that. The spirit of Baal. All of this I give to you. The spirit of mammon. You know, as as we look at this, it's, it's an awareness of knowing that the enemy doesn't change his tactics. We just have to be aware of how he uses his arsenal to try to defeat, to discourage, and to destroy those who love Jesus. Because we're at war. The enemy despises you. If you're a follower of Christ, he hates your guts. He despises you. And we need to know that. We need to understand that. And then we get to, the, to the, what I would say kind of the, the meat, the conclusion 
of what I want to share with you this morning, and that's the choice. The choice. I believe that there's an external and an internal way that we, that we make decisions, the choices. And as we, as we look at, as we kind of uh, unwind here, the external side, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, over the course of, over the course of my, my service uh, for, for 40 years, I've been in a Baptist church. I shared with the students last night that my mother, uh, when, when uh, uh, she was pregnant with me, I was in, I was in church nine months before, before I was even born. So 40 plus years I've been, I've been in church, and I had a drug problem growing up. I was drugged to church every time the doors were open. And uh, so, but, you know, during, uh, during my, you know, my, my early elementary years, I was taught that I, that I had to follow God's rules and standards, and that is, that is correct. But what I was taught was, was a set of rules, and I, and I had to do this, and I didn't understand that it was, that it was a love relationship. I think it became a, uh, at some point in time, a to-do list. Have you ever just, and maybe understood that it was, it was kind of a to-do list, and you, and you just got caught up in the routine of doing what you do because you've always done it? We all get caught up into that, but we don't have to stay there. In your, in your outline, the choice, doing more or receiving what has already been done. Doing more or receiving what has already been done. See, Jesus Christ has already paid the ultimate price for you and me. And I had, you know, I had this, this crisis of belief, thought that I had to continue to do more, serve more, you know, spend more hours, continue to, uh, to serve and, and, and do all that because I felt like it was never good enough. Have you ever felt like that? That the enemy tries to throw these, these, these lies into, into your mind that you're not doing enough. You're not, you know, reading enough. You know, uh, you're not, you know, uh, there's, there's things that you can always do more. And um, John chapter 5, verses 39 and 40 says, You study the Scriptures dil- diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. And these are the very Scriptures that testify about me. Yet you refuse to come to me to have life. And what that's saying is, is that you read the Holy Scriptures. You memorize verses. But these verses are about who I am. They give you life. Learn about me. Don't do it to recite and memorize. Do it because you love me. The next one, trying to get God's approval or receiving God's love for you. You know... You know, there's my personality uh, throughout the past has been that that I'm a I'm a difficult person to say no to. I, I uh, if somebody asks me to do something, I'm gonna do my very best to try to do it, to try to accomplish it. And and part of that is seeking God's approval, thinking that it's that it's never enough, and thinking that you have to do that. And you know, part of that has been a lie from the enemy, and we don't embrace God's love for us. When we get caught in the doldrums, we need to go back to embracing how much God loves us. As, as a father and as a parent, the best way I can describe how much God loves you is that if he had a refrigerator, your picture would be on it. He loves you that much. Anybody have pictures of your children, uh, grandchildren on your, on your refrigerator? Yeah, you're proud of them, aren't you? You're on God's refrigerator because He loves you so very much. 
Romans 5, 8 says, But God demonstrates His own love for us in this, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we, while we were one week saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed be the name of the Lord, and, and, and just a few days later we said, Crucify Him, crucify Him. He still went to the cross because of His love for us. We need to accept that and embrace that. And then obeying our duty, out of duty or obeying out of delight. John chapter 14, verse 15 says, If you love me, keep my commandments. If we're serving out of the external, the Bible's difficult. It's hard. But if we have a love relationship with Jesus Christ, it's out of delight. And we want to. We want to serve Him because we love Him so much. One focuses on the external duty, the other on the internal desire. One is a service to religion, the other is a love relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm going to embarrass myself a little bit. Um, I grew up and watched you know, a lot of, a lot of uh, like Broadway shows and, and musicals and stuff like that. But Fiddler on the Roof, how many of you ever heard Fiddler of the Roof? Uh, Fiddler on the Roof. And those of you who haven't, you're, you're going to hear just a little clip about it. But let me set the story up just a little bit. It's set in the 1900s. It's a, it's a Jewish community. It's a Jewish family that uh, is, is in Russia. And they're, they're being persecuted. They're moving back and forth. And, and uh, there's, a, there's a father who is, is, has five daughters. And he has to prearrange. He, he, the Jewish culture is to prearrange these marriages. The daughters have no, no choice. And so uh, what's happening is there's a matchmaker that, that comes in and he matches a, uh, a young man with one of his daughters. And usually it comes, to, it comes to play that it's one that the daughter does not want to be a part of. Okay? And that's where this song comes into play. Uh, if we could uh, cue the first one up. So in the musical, you see this, uh, this matchmaker that's in the community, and she's the person who's trying to fit that match with, uh, with the father. And, and if you've seen the movie, you, you see the woman who is, who is there, and it's kind of working with the father to find that perfect match. Well, the story kind of moves a little, a little bit uh, further, and the, the father finds out that his daughters are in love with somebody else, not the one that he picked out, but the one... That, that they love. And oh, he is angry, angry, because this is what we've always done. And so here's where the, uh, uh, the next song kind of comes in. It's called Tradition. And he, if you've seen the movie, he does this number right here all the time. I don't know why he does it, but it's, uh, he's, he gets angry and, you know, he's, he's trying to, you know, put his forceful foot down because this is what we've always done. And um, it's, it's kind of comical because he, he does cower down to his wife in the, in the movie. He, he talks big. And then he, uh, then he kind of takes, uh, uh, takes uh, advice from her. But um, then the, really the, the climax of, of this, this part comes into play whenever he begins to ask the question, does my wife really love me? Because our relationship, our marriage was prearranged. And so he begins to ask this question. So this song comes on. And I want you to listen to the words. Me. Listen to what she says. Do I love you? Well. For 25 years I've washed your clothes, cooked your meals, cleaned your house, given you children, milked the cow. After 
25 years. Why talk about love right now? Goldie, the first... Did you hear what she said? He asked the question. He asked the internal. Do you love me? And how did she answer? Well, I gave you children. I washed your clothes. I milked the cow. I, you know, I did everything, you know, what I was supposed to do as, as a wife and as a mother. Was that the answer that he really wanted? He says, but do you love me? Well, I did all this for you. She's answering with the external, and he's wanting an internal answer. Does it sound familiar when, when we become, uh, when we look face to face with Jesus? And he says, do you love me? Well, I've read, I've read my Bible throughout the, you know, throughout the year. Uh, you know, my, my target was to read it uh, from cover to cover in a year. I did it in nine months. God, I, I'm, you know, look at what I've done. I served uh, Dean now all weekend. I, I hosted a, you know, a, a you know, small group and had kids in the house. I'm going to have to change my carpet because of, of, of kids you know, and, and what they've done. But do you love me? Well, I cook the meals. You know, I, you know we, we stayed up all night. These kids will not go to sleep. Lord, I, you know, answering with the external. But the question this morning is, do you love me? Do you love me? If I had a closing comment, is that you can serve through the external, through rules, laws, regulations, all these things, and it will exhaust you. But if you fall in love with Jesus, then everything else will fall into place. He comes to you this morning and says, Do you love me? Come to me, and I will renew you. I will give you rest. I will renew you. I will give you, uh, I will take the baggage that you're holding if you'll just give it to me and surrender it. Do you love me? Do you love me more than the stuff that you're holding on to? Do you love me more than, than these other things? The question this morning is, do you love Jesus or do you love the world? Because you can't do both. You can't do both. Every head bowed, every eye closed this morning. As they come prepared to, to bring a, a song of invitation, I'm just going to ask a quick question while they prepare for that. Is there anyone in here this morning that says, you know what, I'm tired. I'm exhausted, and I don't know why. Some of the things that were said this morning resonate in my heart. And I want to be renewed this morning. Pray for me. Nobody's looking around this morning. I just want you just to raise your hand right where you are and say, I need renewal. I need a fresh breath of air in my life. God bless you. God bless you. And this is your time, not, you know, not for anybody else to see, but for you to say, God, I love you. I want to renew my love for you. Anybody else? God bless you. See, all it takes, I surrender. I surrender.
and give it to him. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning and we just, um, we love you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your forgiveness. We thank you for your just being able to renew us in times when we need it the most. And God, this morning as you have spoken to, to us, as you've spoken to me, God, may we renew our love to you. May we fall in love with you all over again this morning so that we can be passionate about what we do for you. Not out of obligation, but out of passionate love for you. We love you this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.